You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between exercise and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 women develop fitter minds and bodies in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. In this episode, we speak to the wonderful Louise Padgett. Today, Louise was asked, how has running improved your life? And she answered, running has improved everything. Enjoy. Well, today on Fit Mind, Fit Body, it is an absolute pleasure to have a friend of mine, Lou Padgett, on board. Welcome, Lou. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's so good to have you on here. I feel like we have, it's a bit like um, exercise royalty to speak to you. So I kind of feel, I was going to say running, but as you know, you're probably more well known in the bigger picture for not necessarily running, but. I'm virtually blushing. <laughs> virtually, well, I am. <laughs> so, so I'm really excited that you said yes to come in and have a chat with us because I'm really interested in, in your story. And I think it's a lot of inspiration to be had there for lots of people. Thank you. Um, so thank you. We'll start with, tell us a little bit about yourself. So who are you? What do you do? Because not everybody knows who Louise Padgett is. I know it's crazy. but anyway. Well, I'm, I'm Louise Padgett. Um, a long time ago, I was Louise Yaxley before I met my wonderful husband and married and, and, and changed my name. And, and I've been many different roles throughout my life. I'm coming up to 40 now and it's hardly Michelle, you say, who are you? And I feel like I've been different people at different times of life. Um, but right now I'm a mum of three kids and um, I am getting back into the workforce and just really enjoying the lovely balance that I have of work and life and um, exercise and, and everything. But in the past, um, I was a full-time athlete. I was a professional cyclist for a lot of years um, before it ended quite abruptly with quite um, a severe accident. Um, and so I've had a long journey in that past, and that was 16 years ago. Wow. So um, yeah, it, which is ironic because it feels like a long time ago, mm. but then in some ways it feels like it was just yesterday. Still raw so, as well. Yeah, yeah. For only 40, I feel like I have experienced a lot of life. Yeah. So you grew up here, going back yes. even further than your professional <laughs> career. You yes. Grew up, when I say here, where did you grow up? I grew up in Penguin, um, the wonderful little town of Penguin on the northwest coast, yes. Um, and I was very lucky and fortunate to have uh, a wonderful supporting family. Um, and in particular for me, running began when I was in grade six or seven um, because I was at that stage in life, I was a little bit chubby. And I used to get called Lucy after the Chronicles of Narnia character. You know, the, yeah. the, the um, I had the same haircut. I had the bobbed hair um, and I had buck teeth as well to match. So I really did look a lot like the Lucy character off the Chronicles of Narnia. So that was the nickname that my sister gave me and everybody thought that was quite funny and kept. So I was quite distraught one afternoon and my dad said, well, look, Sweaty, you know, um, if, if you wanted to work on that, you could start doing some running with me. So at the time, my dad was into running. Um, he'd run a few marathons and um, was doing some long distance running. So I started off riding my bike with him while I ran 
mm-hmm. while he ran, mm-hmm. and uh, really enjoyed that. And then um, in grade seven, I then decided to do a little bit of running with him. And I am forever thankful for my dad for taking the time and the patience to get me started. And he said, we'll just start slow and we'll build it up. And if you don't want to come, you don't have to come. And that was the best thing. He said, I'm never going to tell you to come. It's you have to make the call. And so that was fantastic. And so he said, you've just got to give it two weeks and then you'll start to see some benefit from what you do. So that was fantastic. So I'm sure my my dad was very patient. What an awesome dad. Yeah, yeah. So we did 2Ks and then we did 3Ks. And then I started enjoying the running. And I think I enjoyed it because I got my one-on-one time with dad, um, being one of three kids. That wasn't always possible. Um, And then we started running with um, the running group. I think it's the, um, was it the Hash House Harriers perhaps up in Lonsdale? I'm not sure. I cannot remember the name. But you had to nominate a time it would take you to do your race. And so everybody had to guesstimate how this was before heart rate watches, before things like that. Um, So everybody had to hand over their watch and guess the time. And um, those closest to the time um, would get a prize. Like I remember you used to get a power bar and that was like, whoa, that was like the chocolate for the running club races. That was like awesome. Um, And because dad and I were both very consistent runners, we we realised that we were pretty easy to guess our time so we did quite well so that was great <laughs> so then my memories, I've digressed sorry but that, that's my memories of, of running and that's how I got into it and the best thing was is that after about six months um, obviously I was going you know going through puberty and everything and then grade seven eight I got tall and 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 I started to run really really well and nobody called me Lucy anymore so that was fantastic so I achieved my first goal (laughs) good on you I was speaking to actually um Paige just the other day and it was interesting because it was the first time like we I keep talking to people about running and one of the goals one of the reason people do it is to influence their children so, but Paige was saying, and then you've just enforced it as well, that one of the reasons she runs now and loves it is because her parents ran and they kind of encouraged her to come along. And you're yeah. kind of saying the same thing, which I think, I mean, it's kind of evidence in that we keep talking about, you know, one of the reasons we run is it's great for our children yeah. to see us doing stuff and to be an example. So yeah. to actually see it and hear from it from the other side where, you know, somebody's seen their parents doing this and that's why they're doing it. I think absolutely absolutely so yeah no dad dad set a great example and now here we are setting Mm. the same example for our little kids so it's yeah it's really important to mark wonderful wonderful kind of thing (laughs) awesome yeah so um did you stop running no so I kept running um uh till grade nine um and that so I was really enjoying my running I got to represent Tasmania in the all schools competition um and it's funny because I have this big photo of all there was probably about 30 40 kids and you look at all the kids now and some of them have gone on to like Joe Gambles who's still a professional triathlete um yeah so there's lots of names and faces that you know it's quite good to see but so I did that and then I got picked up through the talent search program that they ran at the time in high school Um, and they selected that I had potential to be um, a good cyclist and I'd really I'd learned to ride a bike I had an old bike that I would get out every now and then but apart from that my cycling experience was nothing and so we went to a come and try day at Longford Track and they fitted me up on this whiz-bang bike with the skinny little tires and it was really light 
Um, and so we had to go around the track and, and zigzag through some cones. And I actually got through two cones and then I crashed. And, and everyone was like, oh, no, she's not going to start now. But it, it actually conquered my first fear because I just sort of stood up and went, oh, that wasn't too bad. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then Dad said, well, if you want to give it a go, give it a go. Um, and Dad and Mum were really supportive of that. So as he said, um, you can always go back to running. Running will always yeah. be there. And, yeah. and that sticks in my mind now too. He said, but this is an opportunity that you, um, you know, you've, you've achieved. So give it a go. So, yeah. So that's where cycling started. So, so then your parents spent a lot of time just following you around. Yes. And dragging yep. a bike around or two. Oh, abs- <laughs> absolutely. And, it got, and, and it's ironic because then the tables turned in that my dad got on a bike to keep, oh. to ride with me and to keep me safe. Actually, and like, this is he, like... He said that the other day that he was riding. Like yeah. when I, I met him the other day. So like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and because he'd had knee re- um, reconstructions from football days um, and he could never squat down properly. And then after a couple of months of cycling, he was, he, I heard this yell down in the office. He's like, I can do it. I can bend down. I can squat down because the cycling was so good for his knees. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's lots of positives, but yeah. So he, he, um, yeah. And then it got to the point where he couldn't really keep up with me. Um, and which was, which was good. He said, I'm happy. I'm happy about that. <laughs> but I remember that day and I was like, yes, yeah. you are also happy about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh dear. and now the girls try to run faster than me in the running races and I'm like I will be so happy when you are faster than me I won't it's be minutes away Lou it's minutes away <laughs> no 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 not at all they're, they're chasing my tail <laughs> Good, I like it. it happens really quickly like suddenly mm. yeah I don't know when my boys suddenly they were like no I've got no chance of catching them now. <laughs> like yep. When they yep. were just That's like good. little ducks behind us, you know, when we were tra- <laughs> training and they were just like on their little bikes and things. And it's like watching the mother duck go out of the kids behind them. And now yep. they're, yeah, it's mad. So. Now they're flying. <laughs> I know. Which is, which is, it is good. That's the, what we want. Yeah. Um, so you'd had this cycling career. Yes. Was there much running involved? Like I, I know, say for rowing, because my husband was an elite rower, so I know um, that rowing, that you know, running is a part and cycling part of staying yeah. fit for rowing. But for riding, no. not so much. No, because um, cycling, you would spend a lot of lot of time on the bike. So mm. um, you know, four to six hours on the bike. So when you got back, it was all about recovery. It was all about stretching. You might go for a, a walk for an active recovery, but. Um, it was really only when you're having off season or off time, or if you were injured your arms, you might do some running, but running really took a backseat for me um, until after, um, after the accident, end of my cycling career. And then so just, just for those who aren't, don't know, obviously everyone in Tasmania knows, in fact, probably a lot of people (laughs) in Australia, (laughs) at least at the time it was, it was really big news. Um, How many years had you been, cycling professionally or I don't know when do you call it professional is it when you leave school and then that's your no, job is that professionals when it's your full-time job yeah, okay so yeah, when you leave so, school and that's what you do yeah so um I I started riding when I was in grade nine and I just yeah. sort of was always knocking on the door got some good results in the state um and some national results but I wasn't um I wasn't quite there so I decided to go to university because um I was aware that 
your sport team career doesn't last forever. Yeah. So it's always important to have a backup plan. And so I decided to do a teaching degree. So I got my HPE, physical education teaching degree. And then I decided to give it one year full time and just to see where it would take me. So it was almost like once I ticked that box. Uh, yeah, 22, yeah. 22. Yeah. So then I could, yeah, focus on, on just cycling. Um, and over the summer, it was almost like a click, something locked in place. And over the summer, I got some really good results. And then I got invited to go overseas with the Australian team um, and got to spend three months over there. So I literally had one month to get myself ready. And it was like, whoa. So yeah, I still remember that news. It was awesome. Um, and then I stayed on in Belgium, um, was lucky enough to be hosted there for another month. So I ended up in four about four months in Europe for my first year Um, and then I got some really um, some good results and so that qualified me for the team Um, so I was in my first year with the team um, and we returned to Germany uh, returned to Italy where our base was and we were going up to race in Turingen in Germany so we traveled up that day we got out of the um, the car, unpacked, got, got all our gear out, and then we went and rode the time trial course, which was mm-hmm. going to be the first stage, which was going to start the next day. And so we were heading home um, on the, the roads back, the country roads back, heading home to the hotel when up ahead a car came around. It was a long straight. A car came around a corner up ahead and mm-hmm. took the corner too wide so they overcorrected, and as they overcorrected, they spun out of control. And at that same time, we were on the road and they co- collided with all six of us. Mm. So in that instant, yeah, things changed yes. dramatically. Um, Amy, who, uh, you know, from the Amy Gillett Foundation, yeah. Yeah. she was um, just before that, she said, I just want to do one last turn of pace. So she was doing one final effort. So she was actually 10 metres in front of us. Okay. So she um, hit the car first and then the remaining five of us were just scattered across the road. Mm. Um, but what saved my life um, was the fact that our coach, Warren, was travelling in the car behind us. And normally when we go out training, we don't have our coach with us. But because it was the time trial the next day, he needed to see the course too. So he said, well, I'll come with you. And because he was there and saw it all unfold in front of him, he was able to pull over, um, call emergency, call AIS staff. And the, the amazing thing about Germany is that the emergency system is so complex um, and so um, efficient mm-hmm. that they can be anywhere in the entire country of Germany in within 14 minutes, I believe oh, it is. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Yeah. So um, it actually took 10 minutes. Within 10 minutes, an emergency helicopter was at the scene, laden with full medical staff, um, and they were able to tend to us. Um, So as I said before, Amy was hit um, first and she was thrown back. And she actually died instantly from the impact. And then it was Alex and I on the front. And for me, um, I was thrown from my bike and I actually slid on the broken glass um, from the windscreen um, and I suffered um, bruising in my front lobe and then mm-hmm. um, and then bruising in the back as well so mm. you can just imagine that force um, I punctured both my lungs on landing um, a stick went through my abdomen and I actually um, f- broke my arm was torn off by the glass and literally hanging on at the elbow 
um, and I shattered my wrist as well. So I was literally bleeding out on the road um, and that's why I say, um, saved, I, yeah. yeah, that emergency helicopter system saved me. They were actually giving me blood transfusions on the road there while they were trying to um, get everybody else sorted. Um, and we were really lucky in that where it was, there was a brand new hospital in Vienna that had been built because it was East Germany. So in that hospital, there are also arm specialists. And that is why um, I believe, yeah, what saved my arms. Your so, whole. <laughs> yes. All your bits so, together. Yeah, absolutely. So mm. a really, um, yeah, yeah, unlucky situation. But then um, there was luck that did did play a role in it down the track. So, so traumatic, yes. though. So tra- what a traumatic, as you said, you know, you're only in, I mean, I'm 52. I can't count a story like that which is yeah. I'm blessed really. but it's yeah. like um it does um you know you've been through a lot yeah. as you know and so um yeah. how I mean as a Tasmanian we were all very aware of of you you know you would be in the news quite a bit as you, you're through your recovery and, and things like that yeah um so what was going through your mind you know as you were recovering there's the um, loss of I mean obviously the loss of a friend but also the loss of your what you'd seen as be your future for that time anyway. Yeah. Just because it was so early on in your career. Yeah. So it was quite um, an interesting situation in that uh, they put me in a coma for 10 days just so I could start to heal. And when you're in a coma, I know you see it on movies, but it's actually true. When you're in a coma, your last sense to leave you is your hearing and the first one to come back is your hearing. So as you're going in and out of the medication, you can actually pick up bits of information. So I woke knowing two things that day. Uh, Well, like when I did wake, I I knew nobody had actually had to tell me, but I knew Amy had had passed away. So I'd heard that one. And I also, um, whenever my heart rate would go up or I get agitated, dad would say to me, oh, you're okay, Lou. You're the lucky one. You're going to be okay. So I woke up with those really two important bits of information and that's yes um and that became my motto from dad so it was really positive to have that from the word go in that I you know it and then it took a while to sort all my my head was quite jumbled so it took a very very long time for things to to come back and things to Mm. get um get back together but Yeah, so it it became a situation of one step at a time. But what I was really lucky for, and I'm extremely thankful for, that the AIS had a psychologist with us from my earliest memory. So she sat with us and was like this voice of reason and this, this voice of support. So for me, with my head injuries, everything was scrambled and it meant that she could give me a tip or a trick to help sort things out and and I could take that on and apply that and it just made my coping um and it's actually made me a stronger person by having Mm. to relearn all those processes so you know I guess once she's given you those um little strategies as well you don't you're not gonna you can use them anytime you're in your toolkit now absolutely and and they're at the top of the toolkit they're the (laughs) they're the daily (laughs) go-tos when the kids are being naughty or whatever oh hold on (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting really frustrated but I don't have to (laughs) so obviously you um you recovered obviously um and I assume you do still have some um lingering effects of sorts but it hasn't stopped you I mean the reason we're talking is because you're in the same running club yes I know that you're running and you're obviously Yep. You, have, you recovered from uh, from that in a way that where you can still be 
very um, physical and very, and you run very well, by the way. So. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but no, during my rehab, um, initially my aim was to get back on the bike and okay. it just took me so long to get strong enough to even go out and do a 30-kilometre ride. And, and eventually I realised that my arm injuries were too significant to allow me to get back on the bike and get back to racing. Yes. So what would happen is I'd go for a ride and then I'd become really frustrated because I'd have sore arms and then I'd mm -hmm. be grumpy. And then, and then I think it was Mark said, why don't you just go for a run? You love your, and then I'm like, yeah, that's, so oh, that's right. I like to run. <laughs> yeah. So, and when you say that the running club runs for fun and I really, really like that, <laughs> um, but yeah. And so that, that is where running became my sanity. And I must say, um, when I was still going through the rehabilitation, I started running with the running club and yeah. I set the goal to run a marathon. Um, and that's where the running club was fantastic to be that support crew and to be people that didn't think of me as a cyclist. They just yeah. accepted me for who I was. Um, and that is what I love about the running groups is that there is no, how do I say, snobbery almost no like, well I, I'm always surprised you stand next to someone who you're not really oh what do you do oh I'm a doctor oh I collect garbage it doesn't really matter like it yeah doesn't anybody. matter doesn't yeah. really does not matter yeah absolutely whereas cycling has a bit of a um a, yeah there can be a bit certain groups and you know mm -hmm. you got to wear the right gear and the white right outfit and the right bike and and I just think it's running you put your sneakers on and you go like it's yeah I really simple. love that about running mm. Yeah, it's definitely been my saviour, that's for sure. Yeah. So we talk a lot in the podcast about identity. So I talk to people occasionally about, um, you know, when they've had an injury, especially if they've run for a long time and then they've had an injury and they can't run for a while and how that affects them. And, yes. of course, that's something a big thing you would have had to deal with is in the identity. Yeah. And, and I don't know how you work through it. I assume the psychologist was really good with that. Um, but, you know, we talk about perhaps your identity attaching it to something like I love to move or I love being a physical person rather than I am a cyclist or I am a runner yes I don't know how you probably have better tips actually than we do because you've, you've had to no I don't know about I don't know about that but, but you've almost got to step back from the situation and have a look at it with an overall view in that okay um like you know I can't run at the moment I'm going to be out for six weeks I've got an injury mm. But it's, it's recognising that six weeks is what in an entire lifetime yeah. and then it's accepting that and then it's then going, okay, so if I can't do that right now, what can I do? What can I do so I can still get that release that the exercise gives me and, and so I can still be a nice person to everybody around me? Um, but, yeah, like uh, there was six weeks where I had to have my arms after the accident stuck in, in a 45-degree position because it had to be in braces. So, um, so I couldn't do anything. I couldn't pick my nose, for goodness sake. I had to have people to wipe my bum. And so it was, it was the most limited I've ever been. And, and I'm luckily the psychologist was there. But, but what I did then to get me through it was just to have small goals, like really small goals and to celebrate everything. Yeah, so, grateful. Um, you know, the first time I could feed myself, I was like, woo! Um, and obviously it was a chocolate bar. No, lot, little chocolates. <laughs> if you had to feed yourself something, it was going to be vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> no Brussels sprouts there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's it's just to break it down and, and set yourself the small goals, like you know, just 
Yeah, but you're right. You can feel as though, and I did feel as though I'm a cyclist and I need mm. to get back on the bike and that's what I need to do. Um, and Mark was really supportive of that too and, and you know, to recognise that, okay, I, and I had to come to that point in my own mind. I couldn't be rushed. And the TIS coach at the time, um, Brozo, he was fantastic because he actually, his career ended through a, a, a accident as well. But he never said to me, do you really think this is worth trying to get back on the bike? Yeah. Like he let me reach that point to say, okay, this is not going to happen. Um, but the best thing was, is everybody was like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? So, yeah, yeah so uh, it helps to have supportive people around you. That's for sure. Yeah. So, okay, you start running. Yes. Because Mark says, why don't you try running you like that yes. <laughs> so you do yeah and I said I wanted to run a marathon before we started a family so that was yeah wow. so, yeah <laughs> so I did have goals I am a bit of a goal setter um and um and then I got a stress fracture so then then you learn to be patient mm-hmm. with stress fractures and then you learn to do the right thing um but then finally I got uh Gold Coast I did the Gold Coast Marathon um and so so that was that box ticked yeah um yes and then sure enough we were we were lucky enough to then go and start a family so um and now you have three little girls gorgeous little girls yeah and and I must say in between each child the best thing was is because little babies can be full on and there is time when you just need you time. Mm-hmm. And Mark was excellent for that. If if I said to him, can I just go for a 30-minute run? Yeah. He'd say, sure, off you go. No worries, off you go. But if I said, can you just take the kids so I can go to my room and read a book? He'd be like, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I'm, I'm very thankful for his motivation because it got to the point where I would just leave the house and I would run around the corner. And then I would stop and walk. And then you <laughs> grab your book out of your backpack and sit down. <laughs> Read the book. No, I would stop and walk. But then then the walking became half run, half walk. Yeah. And then it became um, more run and then less mm-hmm. walk. And, and then eventually, and that's what got me back into it. And that's what made me a happier person. <laughs> and why you're still doing it. Yes. Um, do you listen to anything when you're running or are you? Uh... Uh, no, because I like no noise because yep. we have a very noisy household. Um, and so it's my release time. Yeah. Quiet time. So do you run by yourself most of the time? or um, Most of the time. But over the years, I've had some really great running most of the time because you just go when you can fit it in. Yeah, with the busy um, family. But, um, I've had a few really great running partners. I've got a really great running partner at the moment mm-hmm. um, and she runs with the running club too. And uh, Kim and I have done, we did 14Ks this morning. So it was awesome. Awesome. So was yep. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think we, we, we talk the whole time. So that's a, that can't. keeps our pace down so we can never. <laughs> it is good, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. uh, there's actually studies shown, especially for blokes, but I think it's relevant for women that we tend to, our running friends that we run with, we tend to know, more of the nitty-gritty of their life and yes. if you have something that's bothering you you're more likely to share it in a run and the studies have shown it's because we're it's less confrontational to talk to somebody when you're not directly looking them in the eye um, yes. and so especially for blokes obviously but it's kind of interesting we often say the people that I meet twice a week and run with for like the last 15 or so years we know more about each other than sometimes our families know about us because yes because yeah. you just spend that time turning over Absolutely. Just the minutiae of life. It's not, not even necessarily really specific stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And in this day and age where face-to-face communication is so scarce, like I think it's it's really important. Yeah. yeah. That sort of connecting with people. Absolutely. Um, 
what do you like running in the city or on the roads or out into out in the bush or on the beach knowing that you've done a bit of I like to mix it up I love running at Coles Bay where we have our shack I love that and I I can have my option of everything there I can have a bit of beach bit of bush bit of track um yeah so that's that's lovely but uh, but I also love being in Launceston and having so many options here it's fantastic you know we can go through the gorge or you can head out anywhere it's awesome I love it what are you thinking about when you're running what sort of things well for me it is my um it's my organizational time like it's where I just sort everything out in my head where it's going where I struggle to switch off so so running is really good for me in that that helps me sort out and generally if I find I'm stressed or I'm anxious then by the time I get back from my run, I've solved what I've worked out what's making me stressed and anxious because sometimes that's the hardest thing. And then I've come up with strategies to solve it or a way to to fix the problem. So it's sort of my (laughs) my mediation time. (laughs) But, yeah. You never feel worse after a run. That's what it is. Never. Especially if you start feeling grumpy, you always feel better at the end of a run. Absolutely, yeah. I'm very thankful. And, And it is, you talk about mental health and the link and there is for me there is such a clear link in just needing that half an hour of exercise that adrenaline um if i don't get it every second or third day then i'm i'm i know i'm not a nice patient person and um and then i start to also get sore as well and so for me um my running is important because it helps keep my in my um, injuries at bay it keeps yeah. my body strong mm-hmm. um, and and it keeps me happy and healthy so it sort of fulfills that full health dimension circle yeah wow. yeah so as a result of the accident so there's obviously um, some things that need to keep when they're kept moving and you're kept healthy they're yeah. as you said kept at bay and they don't come back and and Absolutely. say hey oh it was hard to, to stand up from sitting down today you know which is yeah what I should get at being 52 but (laughs) (laughs) but also just you know you might feel a bit of a niggle on the run and then you go okay so I'm a bit sore there I'll need to make sure I stress I stretch it whereas if you didn't go for the run you'd just get sore and sore and sore so it's also yeah a good reference which um one of the things that I've been learning about recently is that is body scanning like when I'm running which I'm assuming you guys I mean because of your sporting background probably (laughs) something that you've always known but I'm like oh that's really a good idea so you know just going to run on my long run or by myself and actually scanning my body like so thinking from the feet I usually um because I'm a bit of a scatterbrain and I'll be like oh there goes a butterfly and I'll be oh where was I up to oh that's right my (laughs) knees how are my knees feeling because we don't realize how actually even though we're you know reasonably fit and healthy um we're not actually always that in touch with our with what's going on no no, absolutely not. And, and, and you know yourself when you go for a massage, those rare times when you get a massage and they, they rub somewhere and it really hurts and you're like, hang on, why is that sore? I didn't but, even know that was sore that bit. Yeah. yeah. And, but then when you think of it, you're like, oh, okay, yep, maybe that's why it's sore and maybe I need to do this. So, yeah, you do. You take, and you do take it for granted sometime. Well, a lot of the time. Yeah, yoga is really good. And particularly during COVID, um, I got into yoga online and 
I've found that's been fantastic because it's I'm not a very patient person. No, show. me either. <laughs> and and so for me to stretch is a bit boring. Um, but if I'm doing it in a yoga format, then yeah. I've got to concentrate a bit more and therefore I do it more. <laughs> so it's, it's been a really good discovery. <laughs> so it's kind of somebody tip telling you, do this, do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I know I need to do it, but yeah, if someone tells me I'm more likely to. <laughs> I, I totally understand that. Uh, <laughs> So what do you, how do you get out the door? That's what, like, on those days, because I know what it's like to have little kids. Yeah. And, you know, some days the weather isn't great. This is like the last week or so, whatever. <laughs> and there's so many reasons, and our lives are so busy. There's so many reasons not to sometimes. You have described some of the, you know, you know that if you don't get out every, at least every two or three days, then everybody around you is in trouble. Plus you're, <laughs> you're not feeling great. Is that the only thing that, that, is that last minute thing that gets you out the door or do you have other strategies or things that you say? No, a lot of self-talk has to happen too. Like I love your little um, memes that come up on Facebook. Some of them get me out the door, I'll be honest. Um, But um, it's just um, that self-talk of sometimes it's just you will feel better after this. That's like sometimes that's, especially when it's cold. But also my husband is a fantastic motivator in that he is such an energetic person and I'm forever thankful for that. He gets up most mornings very early and does his cycle ride with a bunch. And because he's done that, it's also another motivator. Well, he's taken the time to do that. So now, you know, I want to make some time as well. Um, and he opts to go early so that I can go later. So I'm very thankful for that too. He's a ready bunny, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> but yeah, there, yeah, there's times where, and also to mix it up helps if you're lacking that motivation. So if it's like freezing cold, I'll get on the exercise bike and I'll do a bit of Zwift so that, yeah, I get my little cycle hit. Um, but it also means I get my little boost of, of um, energy and get my exercise and, and I'm a happier person too. So yeah, mixing it up but there's lots of talk and also um it goes back to the kids like they now see me oh you're going for your run mum yes I am and so that's really nice enjoy like they actually ask how my run was now which you know oh you know enjoy you know things like that like right okay I've got to do it now (laughs) (laughs) they're watching (laughs) yeah absolutely and we have a dog which is fantastic Hugo is um if he doesn't have daily exercise then he will sit and look at me and and he's like a non-stop motivator (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're yeah. funny aren't they mm. um I used to have a whippet that we used to I used to tie it on my waist because he came to the relationship <laughs> he came with Simon and uh but he would see a rabbit and because it <laughs> considering they're a small dog they would like you'd suddenly have your hip go off it was quite funny but he was yeah. good to run with apart from that unless he saw yes. something he wanted to chase <laughs> <laughs> well Hugo's a Staffordshire bull terrier so when he sees oh, he'd be serving chooks he also goes a bit to <laughs> he'd be really strong too <laughs> yes yep so that's that's helping my upper body my that's arms good. <laughs> so one question I often ask people Lou is how how long do you think you'll run for like how do you see running in your future say when you're as old as me or even older yeah I hope running is in my future for as long as it can be mm-hmm. and then when it can't be in my future then I'll have walking and swimming and so yeah I hope it's in there as long as it can. But then I recognise that there will come a day when I can't run anymore um, and I will have other activities to to take the place. So you see yourself as a forever mover? Yes. Whether it's walking, running or swimming or cycling or whatever other. Absolutely. 
movement because it's that's what you enjoy that the the moving part sure. of it. you've got that and in your dna every day i try and get 30 minutes like that's that's mm-hmm. my little goal you know you've got to get your steps for the day but i just try and get 30 minutes every day not not running every day but like some days it's walking the kids to school or some days it's taking hugo for a walk or it's doing a bit of yoga or vacuuming which i hate but sometimes it's vacuuming <laughs> but just if you can tick that 30 minute box that makes a huge difference so how do you think if you were asked and you had to identify one thing what's one th- thing that you think has improved in your life because of running so that your life wouldn't be as good as it is without the running Oh, that's a tough one, Michelle. I think (laughs) running has improved everything in that it ticks the boxes for me. It it makes me a healthier person. It helps me um, manage my injuries. It helps me be a nicer person mentally. Um, It helps me be more organised. It helps me be more social um, because of lots of lovely people I get to run with. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's helped me with everything. Absolutely. You've got an all-encompassing answer. So Absolutely. I can't pinpoint it, but, yeah, the lot. (laughs) The whole thing. So if if somebody came up to you, and I'm sure actually they probably have, and they said, um, Lou, I want to start running. It looks like a good idea, but I've never done it before. Where do I start? What do I do? That's a good one. I would suggest you get a good pair of sneakers. Yep. But even if you don't have sneakers, regardless of that, just start running. Run until you feel a little bit puffed and mm-hmm. then walk. And then when you feel better, run a bit more. And over time, like my dad said to me, over time, it will take time, but you will get better at it and just set your goals small. So run for 30 seconds on day one and then run for 40 seconds the next week and then run for 50 seconds the next week. Like realise that it's not going to come quick, but you will learn to enjoy it very soon. So that being consistent as well as what I heard in there, that absolutely you know, each week putting it up a little bit, but yeah. making sure there is an each week yeah. <laughs> rather than yeah. a, well, I yeah. went running a month ago. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Put aside three days a week. And if you do it for mm-hmm. three days, then you'll start to see some improvement. But um, yeah. And if, yeah, walk some hills, like if you want to mix it up, um, but yeah, just start, just start little bit by little bit. Um, because the thing is you've got to spend energy to get more energy. And it's such a hard equation for people to understand yeah. if they're not an ex, if they're not a sporting or exercising kind of person and they feel tired, the concept that if they exercise, they will feel more energized is kind of foreign and it even doesn't quite make sense, but except, except that it is exactly how it works. Oh, absolutely. And the amount of people that I know that's, oh, I'm too tired, has like, Look, that's because you got to use it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then go for a run, then you won't be tired anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? And it's almost, <laughs> that make sense? Yeah. Like go and wake yourself up. That's, you know, that's what a walk will do. That's what a, a run will do. Go and wake yourself up, give yourself more energy. Yeah. Um, so this is a question I often ask people, and I'm not sure whether you will, um, what you'll say. Well, probably okay. I am actually. So, <laughs> Um, when do you think you first thought of yourself as a runner? 
I thought of myself as a runner when I've always thought of myself yeah. as a, from grade six. That's what I from, from, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that's where I'm really lucky in that I've always had running. It's always and been part I'm, of who you are. Yeah. And I'm lucky that through the tough times I've had running to fall back on, to go and sort my thoughts out with a run. Um, like I remember when my pop passed away, my dad's dad, yeah. and I remember that he just wanted, my dad just wanted to go for a run. And I was like, oh, surely he's too sad to go for a run. And then we went for the run. And then as we ran, he talked a bit and then I could see he got back and then he was ready to handle everything. And I think that really stuck. So, yeah, yeah that's really, really, really important. Gosh, you are lucky. You've got such great parents. Your dad like <laughs> I am, I like. <laughs> massive influence in your yeah. life. Yeah, and this was at grade, grade seven. So, wow. you know, we can learn these yeah, I'm very thankful to be able to learn that that the beauty that running has to centre everything and help you sort things out. Yeah, your girls are so lucky to have you guys as well. <laughs> you're showing that. Well. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a week, mind you, Lou, that you're sharing some of your wisdom with us. Um, before we go, because I'm really thankful for the time you've spent with us. It's been really valuable. It's been amazing, actually. I got a lot out of it. I'm sure everyone else did as well. Thank Is there you. anything that you wanted to share about running that you think we have not ticked off oh I just encourage everyone to have a go like I love your um your attitude towards 10,000 and thank you for your meme posts that come and thank you for your help that you put into the running club um because that's been fantastic for our family um even after COVID we came back from being away in the Coles Bay for three months and all we needed was we were desperate for some form of community community to get in touch (laughs) with um some sort of group and the running club was a was able to so we'll forever be grateful for that so thank you glad that we could be there and i will and the running club isn't you know it's not a community without people like you guys so (laughs) that's exactly what it is like can't be one person by himself (laughs) and 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 speaking of that that's a great point because if if you want to start running but you're not confident then talk your mate into doing it with you like good point that's another great thing so start to build your own community and there's running groups out there that are so welcoming it's as we're talking about before you just need a pair of sneakers um that's that's all you need and there's lots of groups out there and and you'll find your niche and or or take a mate and start with them do it together it's the most natural thing you can do yeah in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) all right well again big massive thanks Lou don't go off straight away I'll have a a quick goodbye to you after recording thanks for listening (laughs) a debrief yeah but uh, again thank you we really appreciate time you're very inspirational Um, (laughs) and I'm glad that you've graced us with your presence thank you thank you thanks for listening (laughs) thank you for listening to the fit mind fit body podcast for a bunch of resources to help you get and stay fit head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. I'll also be back here once a week. Bye.